1: G'day everyone, I'm Will Dale and welcome to Repco Bathurst Daily, our special edition of the V8 Sleuth podcast coming to you from Mount Panorama all week throughout the 2022 Repco Bathurst 1000. Now this year year marks the 100th anniversary of Repco. They're driven by passion and so are we. Visit the garage online now. The address is garage.repco.com.au. Now, alongside me here on this fine Friday evening at Mount Panorama is v8sleuth.com.au website editor Connor O'Brien. We had quite the afternoon at the track today, didn't we? It
2: was uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks, uh, thanks, Will. Yeah. Rain, uh, drama, uh, a few laughs. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, this is shaping up pretty well.
1: Yeah, the um, the old Mount Panic and drama really lived up to the name this afternoon. Of course, supercars qualifying was on this afternoon at the track. Um, I'll just quickly run through the top ten. Of course, Cameron Waters qualified on provisional pole for Tickford with a two minute twenty three point six one second lap time, illustrating just how the conditions were out there with all the rain that's some um, what 20 seconds mm. off a dry weather a really good dry weather time second place right behind him Lee Holdsworth in the Grove Ford Mustang um, that's quite the good result there for, for young Lee.
2: Yeah uh, I, I'm surprised uh, you know <laughs> uh, Lee's had a really tough time of it trying to get some qualifying pace out of that car all year uh, but Maybe I shouldn't be surprised because Lee um, also has been dynamic at Bathus for a number of years. Uh, you know, uh, twenty twenty was on provisional pole. Last year, of course, won the race with Chaz, and um, yeah, absolutely mastered the uh, the wet conditions there. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a terrific job, and hopefully, he can uh, you know back it up in the shootout.
1: Of course, his twenty twenty one co winner Chaz Mostert, was point zero zero seven of a second behind him in third place. Shane Van Gisbergen. And- was provisionally fourth after qualifying but he but um was involved in an instant towards the end of the session which we'll get to in a few moments fifth place though richie stanaway in the erebus wildcard the best qualified of all three erebus entries all of which made the top 10 shootout that that was a fantastic storyline to see how richie went basically as soon as the rain started falling the 51 car came into the equation and it's given everything's Richie's been through these past three years. We know what level of talent he has. We saw what he did overseas. We saw what he did um, in a co-driver role at Tickford for a couple of years in sixteen and seventeen. It was fantastic to see Richie just showcasing his talent once again.
2: Yeah, uh, I can't speak highly enough of what a tremendous job that is by Richie, uh, especially when you consider. So not only yeah been out of the seat for a few years, uh, but during practice, had minimal, uh, you know, minimal uh, laps. Really, uh, they had a number of issues. Uh, starter motor issue in uh, practice one, and another uh, mechanical of sorts in practice three. So uh, Richie really didn't get a lot of lap time before, um, or or seat time rather, before qualifying. And uh, but he never looked like missing it. Really, once uh, once mm. qualifying got underway, he was always just up there. And uh, to be honest, uh, you know. Really, really good job by Erebus in general because uh to get three cars in the in the shootout, especially when one of them was in the fence, uh at the end of uh practice four, not that long before uh before qualifying and um and I when I went past there, it was all hands on deck, people were sprinting around, uh it was absolutely uh, manic trying to get that car back out there. So to get that especially to get that number nine car into the shootout as well, um yeah. Those guys must be pretty happy with themselves.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, Just to quickly round out the top 10. Seventh place, Nick Percat, Both Walkinshaw, Andrade United cars making the 10. James Courtney uh, in eighth place. And then the two Erebus cars of Brody Kostecki in ninth. And Will Brown, as he said, was in the fence at the end of practice four. And that car made it just squeaked into the last shootout position in 10th place. Um, I'll quickly run through a couple of the big names that didn't make the cut. Anton De Pasquale was the unlucky driver in 11th place, um, ahead of Andre Heimgartner, another renowned wet weather gun um, who didn't quite make the cut for the 10. Brock uh, James Golding in 13th place, and I nearly said Brock Feeney in 14th, but it was not Brock Feeney that was at the wheel of the 88 car, was it Connor?
2: Yeah, that was quite the talking point. The first you know, I guess uh, the first uh, dramatic thing around Triple Eight for the day, uh, mm. which um, yeah, it emerged during practice four that oh well, Winkup was uh, looking you know pretty handy and uh, and so it turned out that uh, yeah, Triple Eight decided to uh, to chuck Jamie in the in the car for for qualifying. Uh, of course, Jamie retired from a full time or in a full time capacity at the end of last year. At, at, Bathurst was his last event. and uh, But uh, the team kind of phrased it as that they were kind of protecting Brock and, uh, you know, he's still learning and, and not putting him, uh, I guess not throwing him in the deep end too much. Uh, do you think it was the right call?
1: You could look at it two ways. One okay, yeah, it is protecting Brock on the basis that what Mark Dutton said to you before the session was basically, well, and then he said to the TV audience, basically, Brock did all right to begin with, and then he saw it in practice four, then as the weather kind of got a bit more iffy and the track got a bit more sketchy, he kind of went a bit backwards, which, you know, young guy, not heaps of experience in comparison to someone like Jamie Wincup in these cars on this track in conditions like that, kind of to be expected. Um, So, they decided to put Jamie into the car to verify how it was going. Car turned out was going all right because Jamie put it second in in the session. Um, So, from a competition standpoint, I can definitely see the logic in putting the faster driver into the car. But I don't think this is the right thing that Jamie Wincup team principal should be doing. You should be supporting the young driver and saying, no, this is your gig don't put he oh, trying to counsel him another way instead of saying no just sit this one out young fella just saying no look it's a long race get do your best in qualifying make sure the car's straight at the end of it Talk him through the various thing Talk him through the various things he's learned about that place and what to do over the years instead of um instead of taking the seat himself I- what do you think
2: i think you've absolutely nailed it uh the like you said you can understand in the short term why they uh, they put Jamie in if he was quicker, but uh, a phrase that got thrown around a fair bit, I uh, think, in the paddock and on social media was a bit of like a vote of no confidence. Uh, and uh, what does that you know do to Brock? And you know he seemed pretty relaxed about it all. But uh, which is yeah. a good th-
1: which was a good thing to see because it would be easy for someone to feel maybe slightly undermined. But I guess with a culture within Triple Eight, like they do. He does have their full confidence, just not in this specific situation.
2: Yeah, and look, I mean, I guess it probably makes it a bit better when it is by the numbers the greatest of all time that you kind of uh, <laughs> that probably softens the blow a little bit. But uh, definitely an interesting one. And I mean, fourteenth, you can still win the race from there, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, definitely that was uh, that was probably not one that I was expecting to see. Uh, but um, but yeah, there was more uh, more controversy that turned out with uh, with Triple Eight
1: yeah as we as i alluded to earlier at the end of the qualifying session shane van gisbergen who ended up fourth on the timesheets, was going for a lap that he certainly hoped would give him provisional pole when he encountered macaulay jones over the top of the mountain who also was on a qualifying lap and trying to improve um unfortunately they made contact at the right hander just above the dipper and the number 96 holden went backwards into the barriers now Shane went and faced the stewards, who investigated the incident after the session, and he was subsequently handed a three-place grid penalty that will be applied after the top ten shootout. So wherever he ends up in ten, minus three places, he now of course cannot take pole position for the Bathurst one thousand. Um, what do you think about what do you think about the whole penalty, or should, should he even have been penalised?
2: Definitely a penalty. Uh, it's hard to say what. Kind of penalty is appropriate, uh, or because you know, if he starts the race fourth and uh, and Brad Jones Racing have to spend the all night uh, repairing the car, um, is kind of a bit of an odd one. But I mean, the stewards, yeah, I don't, you know, they're in a tough. they there, what they can do, but. Uh, you know, I, I can I can empathise with Shane. Well, I can't empathise. I haven't been in a race car, but I mean, <laughs> but um, but I can see why Shane would get impatient there. But the reality is, uh, Macaulay wasn't getting shown blue flags. He was on a lap. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, that was one where Shane just had to cop it. You know, uh, yeah, that's not blocking. That's uh, you know, McCauley has no need to get out of his way and you can't go too wide through there um, and you can't put someone in the fence. So, Mm. definitely a penalty. Uh, But yeah, I I don't know. What do do you think?
1: Well, it was interesting to hear um, Brad Jones's comments on pit lane Live on Fox Sports this evening where he said, according to the stewards, Shane was apologetic for causing the incident. And you look back at it, it's easy to see when he's ranging up alongside McCauley to say, oh, this to look from the outside and say, oh, that's a dumb thing to do. Why would you do that there? Why didn't you pull out of it? Well, at that point, again, I'm like you, I've never raced a car. I've certainly never raced a car at Mount Panorama, never mind a supercar. But at that point, we always hear it. The drivers are fully committed, never never more committed than when on a qualifying lap. He can't just bail out of the move there. He can't Even up at Skyline, he can't really make the decision to bail out of the move there either. Because there's a, there's a point where he's so heavily committed that if Macaulay's slower than he expects, he's he's either got to make two options, either go for the gap or put your own car in the fence because he's not going to be able to bail out of it.
2: Well, so I was, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, race situation, I think you can tuck in behind. I mean, again, not trying to uh Shane is uh, the ultimate driver and I'm not, but um, <laughs> but I feel like you can back out of that. Um it's definitely a tricky one and it's a split split second decision and clearly like a bit of a misunderstanding between hmm. the two of them. Uh, I will
1: say though that if he what on the basis of him being found separate to what everything I just said, if he was found guilty of an offense there which he was, he was found and found just bringing up the steward's report, now he was found guilty of careless driving, which is according to the rules as I bring that up now, Careless driving, the definition of that in the operations manual is departing from the standard of a competent driver, which is <laughs> fantastic wording. <laughs> um, but the next charge above that is reckless driving, which is any unintentional act- action by a driver which creates serious risk to others. That kind of sounds like what happened. I don't know. Yeah. Again, not a steward, not a driver, but it's interesting to always look at these things. But the penalty itself, three grid places over a 1,000 kilometre race. Does that punishment fit the crime?
2: I, I'm not no, convinced it does. But I don't know if there is actually one that does.
1: That's fair. That's a very fair statement.
2: So uh, yeah, tough, tough situation for everyone involved. Uh, I feel for McCauley and those guys because they've uh, they've been having a half okay you kind of lead in. Macaulay had a big, big moment in uh, practice earlier today, but uh, but yeah, that that's not something that any team needs uh unnecessarily so um yeah feel for those guys but uh yeah anyway uh I guess we all move on and um well, I, moving just sorry back to where you said earlier about um the high profile emissions from the shootout mm. i i did uh, I did want to mention David Reynolds was a surprise and uh unlike Richie Stanway. Davey uh, never really looked like making it during qualifying. He never really popped up uh, all that highly, uh, which is quite a surprise because he is very, very good around here and that car is usually very good in the wet uh, as, and Lee Holdsworth was flying. But, uh, but yeah, those guys uh down 18th.
1: Yeah, that was a surprise, especially, as you said, given that Reynolds is quicker. Like, 2015 pole sitter after a very wet shootout that year um, does know his way around the place. Uh, you look at some of the other names, Craig Lowndes, who also was entrusted with the qualifying duties in the 888 wildcard entry over Declan Fraser, who ironically had just hopped out of his Super 2 car,
2: having driven a race in even worse conditions. Although um, not a lot of racing went on in that race, to no, be fair. No, but, valid point. But, but you, it, it, I guess it was the same situation um, that where 888 went experience over youth in, in this situation. and. Uh, you know, 16th, I think that, that wild card started 15th last year, so pretty similar kind of, uh, result there. And I, I, I think that's less of a di- less of a disaster for that car to be 16th on the grid than maybe um, for a car 88 to be 14th on the grid.
1: True. We might just rattle off the rest of the grid. We got to 14th where Brock Feeney and Jamie Wincouple start the race. 15th, Thomas Randall and Zach Best. Uh, 16th, as we said, Craig Lowndes and Declan Fraser. 17th, Jay Kostecki and Kurt Kostecki. Now, Kurt Kostecki leaves... Leaves um, Mount Panorama slightly lighter in the wallet today. Um, unfortunately, he he drove past Chas Mostert under red flags at the end of practice four when um, the red flags came out after Will Brown's accident, which you absolutely cannot do. Um, so, he was brought before the stewards who found him guilty of that offence and... They fined him $10,000 with half of that suspended until the end of next year, um, because of the, because of what they felt was the severity of the offense. After the Kosteki brothers, we have David Reynolds with his co driver, Matt Campbell. Uh, 19th, Todd Hazelwood and Jaden Ojada. This is another car that was repaired after a crash in practice four. Todd himself was also on the tools, um, helping to get that ready. 20th place, Scott Pine, Tyler Everingham. Not, in fact, just looking at this, Mark Winterbottom, the other team eighteen car down in twenty third place. Neither of those cars have looked in the hunt at all this weekend, wet or dry.
2: Not at any point. They uh, and yeah, that's a surprise too. When you look at you know Premier Racing, uh, especially on well on car thirty one with James Golding, they've been very quick at times. So. Don't know what's going on there of Team 18, but uh, but yeah, definitely uh, they'll be scratching the heads.
1: Mm. 21st place, Chris Pither Cameron Hill in the second Premier entry. Macaulay Jones in 22nd place. That's where he'll start the race with Jordan Boys. The BJR crew is working very hard overnight, pulling all sorts of parts out of the transport to try, to try and get that car ready for the final practice sessions in the morning prior to the shootout. Uh, as we said before, Mark Winterbottom, 23rd place. Then 24th place, Bryce Forward and Dean Fiore. 25th place, Jack LeBrock and Aaron Seaton, W Aaron Seaton making his first start in the Bathurst 1000 this weekend. 26th place, the Castrol Young Stars wildcard entry of Matt Chardin and Jalen Robotham. That, they've had a solid and very quiet weekend, not really encountering any drama, which is good and probably Absolutely. what they wanted.
2: 100%. Uh, for those guys, uh, that's what they've got to do. And to be honest, if they can fly under the radar... That'll be a job well done. And come Sunday, if they continue to do that, they'll probably find themselves in the top 15.
1: Yeah. Uh, 27th place, Jack Smith and Jackson Evans. And 28th and last, and this is a bit of a surprise, but Tim Slade and Tim Blanchard in the Blanchard Racing Team car. Now, Tim put the car into the barriers when the weather was probably at its worst in practice four across the top of the hill. And it was repaired. They made it back out for the end of that session, but they... They they were seven seconds off the pace of Waters at the front of the pack, and it, that something something was clearly wrong there because Tim Slade's much faster than that.
2: Yeah, no, haven't got quite to the bottom of uh, what's gone on there, but uh, clearly, yeah, like you say, that that is not a representative time of uh, what they can do for a car that has qualified on the front row here uh, at Bathurst before mm. and fourth for uh, last year last year's great race. So uh, yeah, those guys have got. Obviously, some work to do. Um, but, yeah, just, so for the shootout tomorrow,
0: mm-hmm.
2: what's, uh, what's your take? Who's, um, who looks good? Is, who's going to surprise us?
1: Well, it is going to slightly depend on the conditions, which I hate saying because that is quite a cop-out. Uh, if it's raining...
2: But isn't it meant to be like 45 mils tomorrow?
1: <laughs> yeah, at some point tomorrow. There's all sorts of... The, the forecast keeps changing as to when and how that rain is going to be delivered. It's a lot of water we'll see hopefully hopefully it won't be in a way that prevents the shootout from happening or delays it or severely impacts it but that's that's an issue for tomorrow
2: yeah. well, i've just quickly brought up the forecast 30 to 50 mil uh and very high chance of rain most likely in the afternoon and evening and the chance <laughs> of a thunderstorm so i reckon it's by the sounds of that it's hard to imagine it's not going to be a uh, wet shootout which is probably great news for Richie sunaway
1: Oh, that'd be fantastic news for Richie Stana- Stanaway. Richie said he was actually disappointed that he didn't have, that it wasn't just all dry so he could actually have time in the car. Um, but he was also just quietly hoping he was going to get into the shootout. And the more time that he missed he said the more I was hoping more he was hoping for it to start raining. So to be honest, I would love to see a Richie Stanaway pole position. Oh,
2: that that would be, you know, I guess, you know, as a as a Journo, you know, you sometimes cheer for the story and uh <laughs> that would be the ultimate story. Uh, I wish those guys nothing but the best. So um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully those guys can be right up the front. Uh, but, you know, clearly a big ask when you're going head-to-head in a one-lap shootout uh, against, you know, Van Gisbergen, and Mostert, Waters, Davison, and so on. So, uh, <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, look, uh, James Courtney I think would be interesting too. He, he sometimes, you know, tends to really shine, I reckon, in this type of format and uh, – those Tickford cars are pretty quick around here, so yeah, I think uh, I think it's a really good mix of cars in the uh, in the top ten for tomorrow.
1: It really is the Tickford cars in particular. Cam Waters said if they um, if it had been wet throughout practice and they rolled out. For the race with their dry setup car from the start of the weekend, they'd have been in, um, they'd have been up a certain creek without a paddle because that car just wasn't doing what he wanted it to do. And they made significant changes overnight, and now it's a rocket in dry and wet. So, um, yes, I would agree. He would have to be one of the key contenders tomorrow. Now, just to quickly run through the track schedule for Saturday, all the times I'm going to read out are in daylight savings time. So, ten twenty a.m. practice five. That's a one-hour session. Another one-hour session at. 1pm, practice 6, and then the part we're all waiting for at 5.05pm, the Top 10 Shootout. So, thank you for joining me this evening, Connor. Thanks for having me. The entire V8 Sleuth team including, of course, myself and Connor are on the ground at Mount Panorama this weekend, so keep an eye on the website, v8sleuth.com.au for all the latest news and we'll chat to you tomorrow with a wrap of all the action from Top 10 Shootout Day at the 2022 Bathurst 1000 on Repco Bathurst Daily.